You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. Another episode of the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast, an Elite Sports NY production recording on March 5th, just a little after 7 o'clock at night. Uh, Roland, as always, with the homie Chip Murphy. Chip, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. Good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we've been trying to be a little bit more consistent with the shows here and there, but but we will get there for sure. Always happy, happy to uh, hop back on the pod. And we are very excited to have another fellow ESMY guy and the host of his own radio show, The Saturday Sports Report for Fox Sports. You can catch him on Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, 11.40 AM. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Castillo. Matt, happy to have you on, man. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, guys. I appreciate the invite, uh, the invite, and uh, excited to join you guys' podcast. Absolutely, dude. Um, so we're gonna get right into it. As I was saying before, we we started recording. Um, a big part of starting this podcast was to talk about, you know, the different sides of what it means to be a hoops addict. You know, not just following the sport, not just writing about it, but you know, getting into play by play, or you know, being the host of your own radio show. What it takes. Um, to get there, you know, what type of degree you need to go into, the type of preparation, things of that nature. Um, so obviously I'm, I'm going to go off of stereotypically what I think, you know, makes a good, uh, radio host or play by play guy. You know, it sounds like, you know, you got to have a good voice, you got to have a good memory, but in your opinion, Matt, you know, what do you, what do you think you need? Uh, you know, I, I just think you got to be able to know your area, know your market. Um, you know, that that's very important here, um, especially in Spartanburg, South Carolina. You know, it, it's obviously very different, um, you know, being in New York. And, and, and you know, you, you got to know what your listeners enjoy listening to. And you got to make it a big part of your show. And that's been a little bit of a challenge for me because – you know, Chip knows this. I talk about it. I love basketball, and I want to talk about basketball all day long. Um, but down here, it's not a hugely, like, big fan base of the NBA, especially. Even, you know, there's a little bit of college, you know, that people like to follow. Um, but it, it's not a market that loves basketball. I'll tell you what, you, you would think if you have one segment on a three-hour show, on the NBA, somebody's calling in like you talked about it the entire show. Wow. Like, oh, why are we talking about the NBA? It, it's just, it's very, very different. Uh, you know, it, it's more, even though football season's over, people want to hear something about football. People enjoy baseball. 
Uh, and it's a little bit more of a, a college market. Um, you know, people love hearing about Clemson, South Carolina. You know, that was an adjustment period for me. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, you really got to know what kind of market you're in, what your listeners want to, and you got to be able to adapt to that. Because if I come on for three hours and just talk about the Knicks or something like that, nope, nobody cares here. You know, they get a kick out of it. I do talk about it. They laugh. You know, I make jokes about it and stuff like that. People call in ask me about why am I still a fan and things like that, you know, with the latest <laughs> drama that's been going on, you know, you get, you get people that kind of tease you about it. And, you know, same thing as being a jet fan, um, you know, so they do care. They do connect with you. What's like, what you like and a little bit about your life and all that, but they don't want to sit there and listen to just like your favorite teams. They want to hear about theirs and, and you got to be able to adjust to that, which was a little challenging at first, but something that, you know, I've kind of gotten used to and, uh, enjoy doing a little bit. Okay. What would you say is um, the biggest topic, um, or you know, it could just be football season or a certain team or a player. What's like a lightning rod topic, player or team that you know will get people calling in? You know, maybe hits on social media, things like that. You know, one thing about our market is you know we high school is a big part of our coverage and it's just high school right but i mean i'm not kidding you guys like during high school football season there are grown men out there for a high school game tailgating it well, as soon as kids get dismissed and leave the park wow. they bring their cars in it, it, it's that it's that for real um you know i'll tell you what there's you know one of the schools that we covered that's um Dorman high school uh, we call it Dorman University because it's the second largest campus in the state of South Carolina. That includes colleges. They dwarf certain colleges. Uh, their facilities are top-notch. I mean, you walk into their football arena, it's like walking into a college stadium. You have to go under. You have to go through the ticket booth and through security gates. And, you know, you go up through those tunnels to get to your seats. It, it, it is big time, you know. And, and there's new schools that are kind of trying to catch up to that and build those kind of facilities. Uh, so, you know, people love high school football here. When it's high school football season, we have to talk about it for about an hour and a half. And it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of talented players that come through here that play big-time Division One uh, football. Basketball has been big recently because Zion Williamson went to high school five minutes from our radio station. Wow. We covered him for several years, and got I got a chance to watch him play against this Dorman team in their massive arena they have here. Um, and when you look at the high school ranks right now on the ESPN poll, uh, Dorman High School is actually ranked second in the entire country. So uh, they're actually been invited to play in the Geico, um, uh, the Geico High School National Championships in New York in April. So they're going to be competing down there with the eight best high school teams. So uh, it's a little weird when you go, oh, man, people love high school that much. There's a lot of good teams here that do big things go on you know to do several we got some guys that are some of the top recruits that will be in the all mcdonald's uh basketball game and things like that so people love the high school really any of them we cover about 11 of them um and then we also you know follow uh clemson and you know of course with the national championships they've been able to win in football and carolina uh are the two biggest schools that really people love to hear about and then professional sports course the Panthers but there's a mixture of fan base here I mean there's a lot of Redskin fans Packer fans of course everywhere you run into you run into those Cowboy fans you can't get rid of them um, <laughs> you know there's Giants fans I mean it, it, it's it, it's different but um, unified for baseball there's a lot of great fans here 
Uh, they love their Atlanta Braves. Try to talk trash to me all the time, and I'm like, I'm a Yankee fan. Like we, we spanked you in the World Series. Yeah. How many times you guys oh, yeah. really want to get into this? You know, but all right, you know. <laughs> yeah, so we, we had some fun with that, but um, yeah, that those are the kind of topics that really get people excited about it and kind of listen in and uh, you know call in and you know constantly ask you questions about those teams. Okay, I think um, that's a good place to transition also to kind of like what a day to day. Um, kind of responsibilities are like for you, whether it's at the the radio show or if you're calling a game. Um, you know, we've we've seen some play by play announcers kind of take us behind the curtain a little bit. They'll show you, you know, what the storyboards, the notes, you know, the organization kind of looks like. Um, you know, what what's kind of your process and and preparation like? And you know, if it's um, if it's not necessarily just stats, um, what other information can you kind of look into a reference to make uh, your show or experience calling a game, you know, that much more enjoyable for the listener? Uh, you know, one thing that I always do is, is several days before the game, uh, you know, I look at, number one, if these teams have played against each other already this season. If they have, you know, I look at that box score, I look for certain trends, and usually look at that as a way to kind of pick my keys to the game. Uh, you know, coming up, like, this is what they struggled with in the first matchup. This is what they got to fix, things like that. Um, if not, you know, you basically want to try to just watch as many games that you possibly can. You know, the ESPN Plus, you know, subscription I have. So you basically can go back and watch every game. Uh, and you kind of scout a little bit of the players. And you watch a, a handful of games, not just one, because you guys know they could be different on any kind of given night. You oh, yeah. look at their, their statistics things like that and you look for interesting things you know some some you know conversational things not just that typical like oh this person averages like 20 a game like you know you'll look at it as man this guy's an efficient shooter or you know this girl has been playing really well her point per game average might be this for the season but the last three games it's been you know 18 points a game or something like that something trendy like that so you really got to spend i would say a good amount of time of uh researching uh, the opposing team, because I have the luxury of calling all the home games for the Presbyterian College. So we pretty much get familiar with them, their team and the players there. So you kind of don't have to do so much research into that. Okay. Because you see, it, you kind of get, you get your, your own knowledge. You know, we talk to coaches and things like that. So you kind of get your own idea. It's more really scouting for the opposing team. And it's a little tricky at the same time because, we are we do all the Presbyterian home games. However, though, it's a neutral call. It's not like even though I get paid by uh, Presbyterian College and ESPN Plus, we can't. It's it, it's a very neutral call. So it's it's a little bit of a tricky situation there. So to get the best broadcast, you know, and I do a lot of color work, so it's really important to kind of just study as much as I can on the opposing teams coming in, look for those kind of trends like that, uh, and. and you know, people just like cool stats. You know, I, I don't know. That's true. Like, I, I do. I mean, if I yeah. see something really cool, I just go, wow, you know, type thing. So I like looking for that kind of wow factor and throw something in there. There's always something that's pretty cool or like a milestone. Like, hey, if this person hits like three more threes, then they break uh, the school record or something like that. Or, you know, this player's coming up to a thousand career points or something like that. You know, people like to listen to and, and enjoy. So I look to try to change it up. Try to find something that's not your typical stats that you can just go on their website and read, you know, 
um, I try to find something kind of unique for every game. I think we're, uh, you know, it, Twitter's the same way, you know, especially like I think Chip and Chip and I can probably relate because we're always looking for Nick's stats or something like that or, or some type of trend that, you know, suggests, oh, if we play this combination of players, you know, the team might improve or something like that or, you know, right. Mitchell Robinson's probably the easiest example because his his uh, his season and efficiency is like ridiculous. So, it, you know, he's being already right. compared to Will Chamberlain in terms of like his field goal percentage. So like things like that. Yeah, and Chip's like the master of that. By oh, the way. he is. He definitely is. <laughs> that kid went deep into the book. I never even heard of that stat before, and I just wasn't. I just start liking it. I have no idea what it means. Right. And if it's even that important, I freaking like it. You know, I'm. A, I, I, you get a lot of people that say numbers lie or don't lie. You know, I'm a big stat nerd guy. Like, I, even if I don't know what the heck it means, like in baseball, like you see somebody's war, I have no idea what it means. <laughs> <laughs> It's the greatest thing in the world. People just talk, this guy's war is this compared to this. And it's like, what does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds real good. So <laughs> it's just, you know, I just love all kinds of numbers and just like to throw them out there. People love fancy numbers. Even if they don't have that much of a meaning, people just love it. I That's don't know what truth. it is. Everybody loves a stat, man. Stats are the best. And exactly. like like you said, everybody everybody loves war. I don't know what war means, but Mike Trout has like the highest one of all time. So yeah. it must be important. <laughs> like, exactly. It must As be good. Everybody that wins MVP award is, is who's ever high on the war rating. It's like, okay, I mean, I'm looking at batting average, home runs, and RBI, but if this guy has a high war thing, he wins. That's just the way that works nowadays. But yeah. hey, I just, I just think people like it because, I mean, you know, you think in the older days, you collect cards and stuff like that. You would start looking on the back of the players' cards. You just like to follow numbers. And if you're a sport fan, I feel like you kind of can talk to other sport fans about that. You know, it's just so – and there's more advanced stats now uh, that just uh, – man, are, are just a lot of fun to kind of get into. There's always a few where you go, okay, I don't know why they bother with that stat. I don't know why anybody would even keep up with that. You know, there's all kinds of things like that, but – you know, I'm a, I'm a big numbers guy, so I like looking into stats and spending some time in it, and, and uh, you know, really with preparing for a game. That's what I do. I look for some. There's times I talk about stuff. I don't even think, you know, the play-by-play guy knows what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah. He just goes, "Sure, yeah." You know, it's just <laughs> different things like that. And I think it gives you something to look for in the game as well that you can explain. So it's 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 something I enjoy doing. No, that definitely and that definitely comes through for sure. Um, the last question in terms of kind of like you know, the play-by-play and the radio show piece, it's kind of a two-part. So obviously a show is, you know, it's not just one person. You know, there's probably a lot of people that work or, you know, involved in production or things like that. Um, Who are some of the people that help, you know, create a successful show or, you know, a successful call, you know, in some of the games that you call for Presbyterian? And the last part is, how do you go about critiquing your own performance and trying to improve on what you've already done? Mm, yeah, I, I think, you know, kind of the terms of preparing, because to be honest, I was kind of like just thrown into this, right. you know, uh, it, it was um, actually the way I got my start really was, you know, I was working as the as an intern at the station and they had somebody sick. They didn't have anybody else uh, to do the game and they had no choice. And they were like, OK, I mean, you know, and I proved myself. I know, you know, I have a pretty good, strong on air presence and and you know, know the game of basketball pretty well. I mean, I've been, you know, like anybody been following it since I was, you know, eight years old, play the game, you know, 
I, I love the game of basketball. So they're like, you know, I think you would be good at it. And I did just like two games. I filled in for two games. And it was, I did, I did really well with the call. And, um, you know, I, and I'll tell you something that, that is a little tricky here in just a second. But, you know, how I got into it, and what kind of helped me uh, is those two games, that two opportunities. I just crushed it. And they, I felt bad because the guy that was doing it, um, he finished out that last season and they actually, you know, had to make a decision cause they liked me much more, but oh, wow. they, they had to let him go and added me into the, the full-time role. So, you know, I kind of hate that cause somebody kind of lost their job, but you know, it was, um, something that I'm, I just always kind of had a natural thing for now. One thing that does make it a little bit tricky and it's really interesting since I work in radio and then when you go into streaming, when you do a radio call, it's so much easier, you know, because you just have to explain everything. You're just used to that, like, you know, pass on the wing, you know, uh, entry pass down. You just, you, you have to constantly talk. Television and streaming, you don't have to because people can see it. Right. You know, you have to, and it's so hard to find that balance of not trying to overanalyze things because people can see what's going on. That is like the biggest thing that, you know, people have had to help me out with. Um, you know, the, the guy that I do a lot of games with, me and him hosted a show together. So the chemistry was there. And he was one that told me, you know, like radio, especially if you're not doing play-by-play, if you're doing the color, you really have about 10 seconds to get your point out and done. And that's because it. I got to jump back in to calling the game. Yeah, You know, television is different. It's mostly you. The color is the one that really talks a lot. You know, I just say what happens, shot up by whoever, it's good, you know, whatever. But the color guy has to be that one that kind of explains everything. So when you have to switch that role and do some play-by-play, you know, I I had to do – I did two games this year play-by-play. And the first one, you know, I I did really well jumping right into it. The second one, the night before I called the radio uh, radio call, and I jumped into the call of doing that. I was like overanalyzing things. And it's, it's, it really is like people don't realize that. And that's something I didn't even realize how different a radio call to television call is or streaming call is. It, it is so different. It can be a little challenging. So I think, you know, the preparation part of it uh, from, you know, my play-by-play guy, uh, his name's Tyler Sugar. He's done both roles. He's done television, he's done radio. So he kind of helped me, you know, through the difference of radio call and television call, uh, you know, the second part of the question that you had, uh, what was that second part? Again? How, um, how you kind of critique your own performance. Okay. Um, I'm very, very tough on myself. You know, like I, I always kind of been that way. I always expect more. So, you know, I actually do go back and listen to my call and, you know, I just try to provide a lot of energy, um, you know, even if the game is lopsided. Because there's a lot of times we, we get into some blowouts and it's not very pretty. Yeah. Um, and, and you still got to keep that energy up, which is always a challenge there. But, you know, you get paid a little bit to have to critique, uh, uh, you know, critique, you know, other athletes or coaches and stuff like that. And I tell people all the time, you know, They'll go, you know, you get that habit. Well, what have you done? Who are you to critique these these people? And it's, you know, uh, I guess it's kind of true, but at the same time, nobody's harder on myself than me. Right. You know, I expect myself to, you know, 
have a flawless call. It never happens, of course. You're always kind of screw up at some point, get tongue twisted. You, you, you know, it, it happens all the time. Or, you know, you're analyzing something and then you go back and you look at it and you go, oh, well, I actually, I missed that. You know, you miss some things out there in the court as well. You're human, you know, just like a referee might miss a call. So, you know, going back and playing, I, I do take notes on myself and I'll say, you know, um, right here, you didn't explain this. Why? why this play worked. You know, this player got off a, a, a wide open layup, but you missed the screen that was set that allowed them to curl and get the entry pass for the layup, things like that. I take notes like that uh, and really just try to study that and go over what I didn't do well in my last broadcast and try to improve on that in the next broadcast. You know, there's, there's a few that I go back and go, you know, that was a, that was a real good broadcast. You know, I felt like my call was spot on with it. But that's very rare. There's always something that you can kind of go and go, I, I could have explained that better. Or, um, you know, I, I, I maybe even misspoke. And, and you do that all the time. You'll go back sometimes and listen to you and you're like, God, why did I just say that? That made no sense whatsoever. Like you get tongue twisted or something like that because you're trying to get your point across very quick. Um, so you just try to be clear, concise and, and things like that. And, um, you know, just... I'm the kind of person that's just very hard on myself and always ex- expect to do better. Even if it's great, I, I think I can do better. That's just how I am. And it, and it sounds like a lot of the process that athletes go through too. You know, watching the tape, you know, being really meticulous and looking at, um, you know, form, whether it's your your shooting form or, you know, how you get through a screen or how you cover different defensive coverages and, um, yeah, I even think about like, you know, it, it's, you know, what you're saying is probably going to make me look a little bit different too at, you know, the way guys like Mike and, and Clyde call games. And even on the radio, a guy who I really like and actually think is really knowledgeable, Brendan Brown, uh, Hubie Brown's son, um, you know, we see mm-hmm. him sometimes on the telecast too, but you know, there, there's a, there's definitely a lot that goes into it. And it sounds like it's like two different arts, you know, being on the radio and then, calling TV and then being able to kind of like differentiate between the two. Um, So there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff there for sure. And I think that also brings us, um, you know, to a good transition into the Knicks, Uh, you know, kind of talking about, you know, the guys that call the game, guys that we've really grown up, you know, watching and listening to um, and just, you know, part of part of being a, a Knicks fan, which all three of us certainly are. Um, you know, we, we all know about the craziness that this season has been, but Chip, I'm going to let you, right. I'm going to let you grab the ball here and take us into this next kind of section here. Uh, our, our, our lovely team that we love to hate, but at the same time, uh, you know, brings us joy like every, I don't know, third, fourth year, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we're coming up on that third or fourth year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Matt, me and you have done Nick's State of Mind. I was looking back on it. Our first episode was May 7th, 2017. Damn. I didn't realize it had been yeah, that been long. Quite some time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. man. Yeah, it's been a long time. This is how long we've been doing it. Our first episode was about that. Remember that tweet KP sent out about where he said LA Clippers and it said smiley face, oh, smiley yeah. face, smiley face? And then he said he was hacked. Yeah. And I listened to part of the episode, wow. and we sound like such fucking idiots. Because we're all, we're, we're, all def- we're defending KP, and we're like, KP loves New York. He would never leave. Like, we sound like such fucking idiots. Yeah, that was. And I was looking at. That was the beginning I was looking of the at, 
Oh, yeah. And I was looking at the episodes. It's funny looking at the topics because we're like, we're talking about like, remember all those fucking nut jobs who used to relentlessly defend Phil Jackson and his triangle offense? We're talking about that. We're talking about a. It's crazy. I mean, it, yeah. it, you still get people from that are far-fetched from, like, way out left field that just want to argue just to be different, and their arguments suck. Like, <laughs> if you disagree with me, fine, cool. I, I'm not the kind of, there's people that get real butthurt if somebody disagrees with you, right? Like, they just can't stand it if you have the opposite view. I'm not like that. If you don't agree with me, cool. That's great. I, I value your opinion. I honestly do. I want to hear what you have to say. But if you disagree with me, my God, you better have something to back it up. Don't right. just tell me I disagree. And when I ask you why, you give me something that is so far-fetched that makes absolutely no sense that drives me crazy. I run into that almost every single day, and it drives me crazy. You, I, I love talking to Nick Fan. But, and, 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 and look, I, I don't mean to insult people, but there are some that are just, just – uh, I don't know. They, they, they just don't understand things very well. I, I'm trying to be as nice as possible here. And I, look, I'm not the guy that's sitting here saying I'm right all the time. I, and I, I have my opinions. I share my opinions. And I'm the first one to come on a show and go, you know what? I was wrong about that. That's part of it. You're not going to be right all the time. And nor am I going to pretend to be. There's a lot of people in the business that have very like egotistical problems that want to pride themselves in being right. And if they're not right, they run from it, right? They hide from the fact that they're not. That's not me at all because I'm not, I don't have that issue. I don't really care. I just do this because I love to do it. That's it. I, I never, well, I say that my opinion is the only one that really matters, but it just, yeah. Thinking back on that was people that would defend Phil Jackson. It works. Look at all the rings he had. Yeah, 20 years ago. You know, that's, you know, who sits there and goes, I want to run the triangle offense now? Nobody. Nobody says that. Like, it, it was it was pure idiotic right from the freaking start. Uh, but yeah, you just run into people all the time that just get so buttered if you disagree with them. And like, they start the name calling. Right. And then, and then you start talking. Like, here, here's the thing. You know, I'll sit there and frustrated a lot and say, man, this team really sucks. I get told all the time, go be a Brooklyn Nets fan. Okay. And then I'll start talking to them about it. Ten minutes into that conversation, they'll go, you know what? We do suck. And I'm like, you just you just told me to be a Brooklyn Net fan for saying that same thing. Like, hello. And then they go, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I kind of see what you're saying now. Like, people have a hard time of separating their fandom. They can't see what's actually really going on. And that's the thing. I, I It just drives me crazy. If you can separate your fandom, and it is hard to do, it, it, but if you can do it, you start seeing things in a totally different light. And that's one thing I kind of learned working in the, in the industry is, you know, you got to look at all kinds of sides. And that's one reason why I embrace looking for people that have different opinions. But, man, Chip, you're right, man. We have run into some, uh, some really interesting people over the years of doing our podcast. Yeah. And you got to love it. It gets us entertainment. For sure, man. For sure. I Those, those might have been the most interesting people. I mean, I, my favorite was when they used to say, like, well, every, like uh, – when they used to say that the Warriors would run elements of the triangle offense, and it's like, well, they they have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. <laughs> a little <laughs> different, just a little different. <laughs> like, uh, that was always my favorite one when they would say that. But yeah, That's what anybody. I mean. who's, I yeah. <laughs> but anybody who's looking for you to uh, apologize for one of your takes and say you're wrong can go back and listen to when we discuss who the Knicks should take with the number eight pick and uh, you're talking about your Dennis Smith Jr. take 
you don't come off looking good was, with how you, with how high you are on Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> I, I, was, I was in love with Dennis Smith Jr. And, and you know, it's funny because, again, I don't have a problem coming out and saying I'm wrong. Like, I never said I'm right enough to begin with. I felt strong about Dennis Smith Jr. I'm going to be honest, though, right here. I still don't think Frank has, has proved me wrong himself. I'm still not jumping up and down because Frank Nielakina was drafted, but I can understand the fact that Dennis Smith Jr. eventually got his way onto the Knicks, and he he sucks. He's not he's not what I thought. He, I I was expecting a guy that was going to attack, go downhill. That's what I seen in college. I knew he couldn't shoot a lick. Anytime he shoots the basketball, it's the most disgusting thing on, on earth. I, I understand that. I expected that jump shot to get a little bit better. That's what happens sometimes with players. But either way, I expected to see an acrobatic guy that has explosive ability to go downhill and finish around the rim. I don't see any of that yeah. at all. I, I see a guy that kind of just looks lost out there at times. And I know he's had some injuries and all that. And, you know, I even said that maybe he will find a better fit somewhere else, but it's not going to be in a New York Nick uniform. And if I got the draft Dennis Smith Jr., if I was in charge of that, people would be highly pissed off at me because it it, it didn't work. You know, it, it, again, I have no problem admitting that, but yeah, I was all about Dennis Smith Jr. until about, I don't know, about this season. Like, I was still excited about him this year. Like, oh yeah, okay, let's see what he can really do. It took me a couple of months ago, yeah, he sucks. He's, 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 not, he's not any good. Um, I, I, I missed there. I struck out, you know, but it happened. That's just the way it is. And I, I have no problem admitted to it that, uh, I, I'm over Dennis Smith Jr. I was right no. about some other people though. Who are you, I, wait, who are you, ta- who are you talking about? Uh, I, I, and I know you're not crazy about him, Chip here, but you know, and, and I'm not saying it leads to winning because obviously we're not winning. But I, I was all for the Knicks signing Alfred Payton. He puts up pretty decent numbers here. I understand uh, we got to get young players in. I get all that. I get. I get all that. I get that. But Payton has had some good stretches of playing pretty Chip, decent basketball. Chip's head's gonna explode I, I, right now. Right now, I agree with you. If you tell me right now he doesn't need to be on the floor, I I, I would not argue with you. We need to play Frank. We absolutely need to play Frank and other yard. Even give Barrett some run at point guard. I I get it. But he does fill the stat sheet. He does play pretty well. You know, I, I I get it right now. But there was a stretch earlier in the season. He was the best option we had at the point guard. Well, I was just gonna say, let me let me let me back Matt for like two seconds. Obviously, I I still agree that Alfred Payton should not be playing um, large minutes in in a Knicks uniform right now. But Chip, one thing you do have to I think acknowledge is that when Alfred Payton became healthy again. This team started actually playing, and listen, I'm not talking about winning games because we only have 19 of them, but he did lead us to, you know, at least becoming semi-watchable, and he led us to being a tanking team that we could somewhat enjoy watching because they were at least trying hard, they were at least running like some semblance of an offense, and you know, we are the us not being a complete an utter dumpster fire coincided with him coming back into the the rotation. That's how low. That's how low. <laughs> that's fucking so pathetic. <laughs> that's so pathetic. <laughs> but <laughs> that's so fucking sad that that's how low the bar is set. But <laughs> what I was gonna say is he's the backup quarterback. That's what he is. He's, yeah. I guess that's yeah. that's what makes him the backup point guard instead of the backup 
instead of the starting point guard. You know, he's like the guy who he the backup, the good backup quarterback who yeah. can come in and like win you a couple games, two or three exactly. games, and then in the fourth exactly. game he shows you why he's a backup instead of a starter. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Like, you're right. There you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're right. You're right. I don't. I'm not arguing right now about it, but. No, I, I did say I was intrigued by the signing, and he has given some production. He hasn't been a complete total waste of talent. Like, like, like uh, this Portis fella. I know oh, he God. played decent at times last night, but I can't stand watching him. All. I, I, oh, I really, he's the worst. He's awful. It's no. just trash. His defense, I, uh, he's one of the worst Knicks defensive players in recent memory. Yeah. He really is. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. It's either feast or famine. Like, you can tell what kind of night he's first two seconds on the floor. You know, if he hits a couple shots in a row, you're going to get a decent night. But if he misses, he's going to continue shooting, and he's going to shoot one of nine for the game. Like, oh, yeah. it, it, yeah. it's that bad. All over the place. Never consistent. That's the problem. No consistency whatsoever. You have no idea what the hell you're going to get from him every single night. Just none. And Miller keeps playing him. He does. Randall, he does. Too. Yeah. He's right. And he's right. I, it, like, like... Why like Gibson got hurt that game and they started Portis? Are, are you kidding me? I mean, like that was the dumbest thing in the world. Like I, I'm so over Portis that I just wish we would have bought him out or something or just just got rid of. Him. I mean, he just that 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 that's one of my least guys on the team that I can I can support. I just it's just all over the place and it's awful. Oh, I it's agree awful. for sure. And there's no way they didn't try and trade him. At the deadline. Oh, yeah. They they, they, and, and nobody wanted him. No. That's, that's yeah. Nobody wanted him. What contender? They, he's not Marcus Morris. He's not Marcus Morris. What contender would be lining up to get him? Right. Nobody, like the Lakers were like, oh, we need Bobby Portis. Or the Bucks or something, you know? Or the Sixers, whatever. Oh, right. Same thing with everybody else that we really wanted traded at the deadline, but nobody yeah. wants him. Nobody's willing to give up assets for, even if it's a small little asset, like a second round pick, nobody's willing to give that up for Dennis Smith Jr. the way he's played or, or Portis. I mean, this is, and people probably get pissed off right now because you're talking about players on their beloved team, but the truth is the truth. Okay, you got to wake the hell up. I mean, they're awful. Right. They're awful. That's why we're, that's why the record speaks for themselves. That's that's it. There's no other way around. No, it's true. You know, it's true. I, I wish these guys came out and played well. I really do, but they suck. They That's certainly the reality do. of it. That's the way you got to face it. They certainly There's do. Nothing we can do about it. Those are right. uh, those are our Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> and we love them no matter what. It's but, true. I mean, my God, it's got to be honest at times. No doubt. There's, no doubt. There's always next season. Um, <laughs> Chip, any uh, any other any other Knicks things? I did have one question for you, Matt. Yeah. I don't think I've ever asked you this. My. Uh, uh, I wanted to ask you what, what like caused you to become a like what caused you to become a Knicks fan because for me it was uh, it wasn't as much a team as it was well it was the team but it was more like the thing that caused me to become a diehard fan was Allen Houston Ooh. I was such a huge Allen Houston fan when oh, I was yeah. a kid oh yeah but was there like a particular and the teams he was on too and Spreewell but was it for you was there a particular player or team that made you fall in love with the Knicks? Well, you know, it, it was always, um, you know, just something, and this is a dead honest truth, you know, I was the kind of kid growing up that, like, I, I watched cartoons and stuff like that, of course, like a normal kid, but I'd rather watch sports, and, you know, my, my mom would 
tells me the story all the time. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I was literally just born as a Knicks fan, like before my parents could even influence me because they're not even that big basketball fans. It's just something I always loved. And my mom would tell me as a, as, you know, as an infant, I would get up screaming my head off, of course. And she said, the only thing that would get me to shut up was a replay of the Knicks game. You know, it's the dead honest. She said, you just sat there and watched it and you, you just shut up. And I just always have loved basketball. And, you know, growing up in New York, uh, that was the team that I watched. You know, I, I loved watching uh, the Knicks. And, you know, I, unfortunately for my – when I really started to get to follow them and really know what was going on, it was the uh, crappy Knicks. You know, like the, the days of having uh, that 1990 squad. I remember a little bit of it, you know, like Patrick Ewing and, and things like that. But I was very young. Like, I, w- I was born in 94, so I really did not get to see a lot of the, the greatness from the I know right after 2001, things just went downhill completely. I mean, it, it's been a rough go at it. Um, but, you know, honestly, I just love watching all kinds of basketball. I've watched a lot of teams, grew up, you know, watching, uh, you know, LeBron, Kobe, loving those guys and watching them. But it's just uh, no matter how crappy they are, I love my Knicks. I just love my New York sport teams. You know, it's just uh, I spend a lot of money every year just to watch them. Um, I, I do remember when I first moved here, I couldn't watch the games. You know, it, uh, I had to make a choice between uh, what package. Uh, I was in seventh grade, so I guilt my dad into at least buying the baseball package for me to watch my Yankee games. I said, if you made me move here, I got to watch my Yankee games. You know, that, yeah. that, that's a must. That's got to happen. Um but the Nick games, he, he wouldn't go for. So I had to listen to the radio calls, you know, find them online streaming. And I would, you know, pull up the radio call every night. And just that, that's what I did. I just was really just honestly just born as a Nick fan. I uh, just, no matter how bad things are, like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, people make fun of me all the time. Like, man, why are you a Nick fan? I don't, I don't know. I just love them. You know, no matter what, I even tell myself, I'm not going to get mad watching a game anymore. I don't know why I do. But yet, then you guys can probably see my Twitter timeline, and I'm just just letting frustration. I'm pretty sure that's all my Twitter is for, is to vent about my crappy sports. Oh, yeah. And things that go on. That's basically all I have. Preaching to the choir Um, on that one. (laughs) You know, I I mean, I I just always have loved the team. You know, for guys like me, I I had an Allen Houston jersey. I had a John Stark jersey. I was I was really young though. Like I said, I know who those guys are, and I I got to see a little bit of their career. Uh, but really, the time that I really started watching this team was when the team was so freaking bad. Like David Lee was my first favorite player. Like I love David Lee. Got his jersey and everything. You know, went to a Nick game uh, right before I moved actually in 2006. No, it was 2007, and uh, they played actually the Charlotte. They were the Bobcats. They lost by 20. That was my one and only time ever going to the Garden. I've I've only seen one game at the Garden, so um, you know, just things like that. It is no matter how bad they are, I just love this team. I was just born that way. There's no doubt. It's a, it's it's like a, it's a disease and sickness that we all just like. Exactly. <laughs> just willfully go into every year um but you know that's a part of it man and it only i think the biggest thing that keeps you with the light at the end of the tunnel is you know that when they finally do get it right uh it's going to be amazing and I, I could just hopefully see that that parade down the canyon of heroes uh one day uh but we will we shall see on that note but listen man uh, a lot of good stuff here 
Uh, I really did not know a lot about the inner workings of whether it's doing color, play-by-play. -play. I think that's going to be really cool for whoever is listening. I know I was really interested in it. Um, obviously, man, you have an open invite anytime you want to come back on. And just thank you for coming on and, and talking hoops with us. Oh, absolutely. I would love to come on. Anytime you guys need a guest or something, reach out to me. And if I got time in my schedule, I'll join in. I love talking hoops. So any anytime. Definitely, man. And one more time, just let me tell the, the good people where they can find you. So, And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the Saturday uh, sports show on Fox Sports, Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, 1140 AM. At uh, 1400 AM. 1400 AM. Got you, got you. Yeah. And uh, we have an app. We have our own app. We have uh, the Fox Sports 1400 app. Uh, and right there, that's where you can, there's a listen link, click on that. You can listen to all our programming right from there. Um, you know, and, and the one thing that I, I love about my Saturday show, it's very relaxed. You know, I, I do it. Um, one of my best friends that I've, I've known since I moved here, um, you know, isn't a regular co-host of mine, but he's on the show quite frequently. And we're just, uh, you know, even my, my regular co-host who is named Josh Green, uh, you know, we just met last year when we started doing the show. And, uh, you know, we're just a good group of friends that just enjoy talking sports. It's very relaxed. It's laid back. You know, we don't do what you see a lot on, you know, ESPN or Fox where people are screaming and yelling at each other with hot takes. Like, we, we just have a lot of fun. It's really laid back. We kind of joke around. Um, you know, we do some crazy things. I had a I, – I challenged uh, Colin Cowherd. I'm trying to get him to acknowledge me. But he comes up with conspiracy theories all the time. I got bored and came up with my own conspiracy theory that, you know, the whole Tom Brady thing. Because if you listen to Cowherd, that's all he talks about. So he's always on this Tom Brady crowd. Oh, yeah, he's a joke. So I've challenged him. I got my own. I, yeah, he's always on it. So I got my own conspiracy with it. Here's the thing. He doesn't want, he may not want to come back to New England, but New England doesn't want him. You know why? Because they're going to let him go, tank this year and draft Trevor Lawrence, and everything will be good. Ooh. Do I really believe that? Do I really believe that? At first, no. I'm actually starting to believe it's true. But we do stupid things like that. Just have some fun. And, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, we do uh, a wheel of torture where we make bets with each other. Uh, if you lose the bet, you got to spin the wheel, and it's some kind of punishment and things like that. So it's a fun, unique show. It's very laid back. You know, again, if, you're, if you want to check it out and listen to it, 7 o'clock hour. Right off the bat, we do a lot of local high school stuff. Probably not going to be interested in hearing that, but eight to to ten o'clock or so is when we get into more of the you know national topics, some of the big headlines for the week. If you want to hear takes on that, we we have a lot of fun with it. So, dude, I I love it. I'm with it. I will definitely be checking it out. Uh, once again, man, you know, thank you for coming on. And uh, guys, you know, we'll we'll do this again sometime. And for everybody listening, uh, me and Chip will see you guys next week. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt.